0: Welcome back to Actors with Issues with me, your host, Tuanayala, Yala, and happy for the July weekend, everyone. Today's guest is Dennis Wee, an actor who helms from Europe, and after nearly 20 years working in finance, decided to pursue his dream career of acting while in New York City. Since then, Dennis has worked in a number of New York theater productions, indie films, and will appear in the next episode of Blind Spot on NBC with me. <laughs> We talk about his upbringing and complex cultural background, his decision to leave his day job to pursue acting, and our experience working on Blindspot together. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Dennis Wee. Let us know about your background and how you got started in this industry.
1: Sure, sure. Let's give it a go. So, uh, my surname is Wee, which is actually it's a Chinese name. Um, my dad's from Singapore originally, uh, China, or Taiwan, and uh, my mother is Swiss. But I was born in England, in Camden, in Essex, and I lived there until I was nine years old. And then we moved to Zurich, Switzerland, and uh, I had to learn German and Swiss German. And that's where I essentially grew up. And um, about 10 years, no, when was that? Yeah, about 11 years ago, I moved to the States, and uh, I've been here ever since. And uh, it's been a really interesting journey. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you came originally for uh, for your corporate job, yes, uh, and that was working in what field?
1: Um, so I worked in finance. So it's funny um, growing up, always had like an eye on acting, but it's, yeah. it's not a thing in Switzerland. It's just not. It's so far out of reach, yeah, because it's this tiny country with six million people, and there are three languages in that country. So your target yeah. demographic is only about two million people. So. Right. <laughs> Becoming having a sustainable living off the arts is just not there. Yeah, and the tiny market. Exactly. Yeah. And also being half Asian, um, my, my dad was like, do get a proper job first. Uh, mm. So the education in Switzerland is interesting because they have university and colleges, but they also have vocational schools for mm. everything. So I went to vocational school to become a Swiss banker. So right out of high school, I'm suddenly working for like a Swiss bank because that's what Swiss people do. It's either watches Mm. or chocolates or banks. (laughs) So I figured um, banking will help pay the bills the most. But suddenly you're 17 years old and you're thrown in this environment with adults Mm. and you're dealing with like you're dealing with like this weird thing that's so strange. Like we're dealing with finance, which is it's such a strange phenomenon, right? And uh, I basically stayed with that same company for about 18 years. Um, they kept paying for furthering education. They paid for, I got a bachelor in business focusing on finance in my 20s, which they paid for. Mm. Uh, during that time, I was working um, about five days a week and I went to school at night and on Saturday. So I got a second degree there. And um, I kept working myself up. And then I ended up working on the trading floor in foreign exchange. Mm. And after I'd done finished getting my bachelor's degree, uh, my boss asked me if I wanted to come work in New York, go work in New York, because they mm. were looking to expand the business. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, then I look on the map, and it said, well, that they had a trading floor. It was a company called UBS, and they had a trading yeah. floor in Stamford, Connecticut. Yeah, and I've I look at the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And I look at the map, and then says, well. Hey boss, this, this, this Connecticut place. This isn't New York city. This is like a different state. He's yeah. like, no, no, you just jump on the subway. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so like an hour is, away. <laughs> yeah. So this is 2008. And yeah. then, um, which is the worst time to be in finance. Cause it was just, yeah. that's Looking right
0: back,
1: yeah. yeah. Right. When everything kind of like the shit hit the fan
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm working this new environment, fish out of the water, and the thing is, when you start something when you're 17 years old, and by that time I've been working with the company for like over 15 years, you want to see is there more in life, but you get comfortable. You're like, oh, well, I like paying the bills, I like having a salary, I like going on vacation. But something something always felt off. So I held on until about 2012. Um, and then I got let go. And that was probably the best thing. The best and worst thing that could happen to me, because I was very excited. I'm like, okay, great. Now I can try something else. But at the same time, if you do something for over 18 years and you're the same company, it becomes part of your identity. Mm. So I lost, I had to go find who I am. And part of that was just spiraling. And then I fell into a depression. I started substance abuse. And I went on this like long spiral and towards the end of it i'd started taking um acting classes and Mm. it was this totally new thing where it was this it felt like this artistic release this form of expression that when you're depressed you don't have um and it just felt safe uh it felt like home Mm. and at that point this was i think around four years ago i'd taken another job selling insurance because I figured, okay, I need to take another corporate job to pay the bills. And at that time, I'd taken up acting kind of as a hobby. I, and I got cast as the lead in my first in a, in a short film. And we spent the weekend filming. And it felt home. It felt, mm. oh, man, this is what I'm supposed to do. So at that point I'd be working with an insurance company so trying to sell life insurance for about 4 months. I go in the office on Monday, I go to the boss's office I'm like, "Yeah, I quit. I can't do this anymore." <laughs> and it's like one of those movie moments where they're like, "Wait, what? You just started? Like, no, I can't do this. I'm going to become an actor." <laughs> so I go home and I uh, call my parents and um, funny thing is they'd seen me spiral and they were they were very supportive and like, mm. "Okay, whatever whatever you need to do." And uh, yeah, that's how I kind of fell into this. And then one of the hardest thing I had to do was changing my LinkedIn profile to professional actor because I thought people would make fun of me. Mm. And uh, there was this massive tension and all this anxiety into doing it. I couldn't do it. I felt paralyzed. And I finally did it. And instead of people making fun of me, people reached out to me who I never thought would. And they were congratulatory and they were very supportive, and they said, "No, oh, follow your dreams." It was really, really cool and inspiring. So yeah,
0: it's it's so fascinating to 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 hear that that there was such um an outpour of support from people you didn't expect, because you know, so many times, I, I mean, I know lawyers and 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 people that are at like top level professional careers, and they say like man if i you know if i could have been an actor they and it's like well you're like acting in the courtroom yeah (laughs) this you know I, i i've served on juries before and and it really does feel it's not as heightened as television but there is still this level of of public speaking and confidence in what you're saying and all of that 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 lawyers need and and so many other professions. So it's just really cool to hear that people were like, you know, supportive, follow your dreams. Because yeah. in the back of their head, they're probably like, I sure wish I could.
1: You're, you're so, I, you're I so doubt right.
0: anyone dreamed
1: of being an accountant or, or you know, I don't. <laughs> no, no. It, it's one of those things. To your point, it's, I think we all wear masks, mm. right? Like people, if you're in sales, you wake up in the morning, you shower, you go to the office uh, and you put your sales hat on. And you start selling. You sell life insurance. You sell yeah. products. You sell. You put shoes. on this voice over the phone. Yeah, <laughs> and then another. Then you come home, and then you put the dad hat on or the mum yeah. hat on. And yeah. we're always wearing these masks. And acting has given me insight into myself and other people that I hadn't seen before. It's like this total different perspective. It's absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah, that that's that's so cool, man. Like, um just, just getting a different perspective because so many other of the folks that I've spoken to on the podcast have said, you know, they, they might have gotten a late start, but they like did it they continued doing acting all throughout high school and college just to keep that sort of fire burning. Mm-hmm. Um and others started way earlier, majored in theater or in drama. So I just love getting perspectives from people who started in the industry at different points in their lives um and then we all end up in the same room in in one way or another it's been so cool with with um like some of the short film festivals that i've gone to um like i went to one for agr a couple years ago where the short film where you played jesus oh yeah (laughs) i saw that one that
1: was awesome oh man
0: (laughs) yeah yeah um i was in two of the shorts that were that were screening that day um and um i forgot where it was exactly uh but it's just so cool to to see, like, you know, all these people that are so passionate about what they do and mm-hmm. and driven to pursue their dream um, end up collaborating together. And no matter when they started, we all end up together still. And it's just really it's really motivating because it's sometimes we feel like, man, that guy's light years ahead of me. Well, it's like, well, there's also all these other people on the same
1: level as you oh, who would love to work with you, you know? I had so much. I, I mean, I still have it. imposter syndrome. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. And, mm. But, you know, it kind of it slowly disappears. Like, mm-hmm. it gets to a point where you're like, okay, now I'm... You get to a point where you're a bit more comfortable with your craft and you keep working on it and you just rely on the hard work you put in and just back on that, you know?
0: Mm. What was the name of that short, by the way?
1: Oh, Blind Faith. It was uh, written and directed by a guy called Taishon Black, okay. um, who's a brilliant filmmaker, um, and we're still friends to this day. A funny story to that film though: like somebody mm-hmm. asked me, somebody asked me about th- three weeks prior or four weeks prior before I got cast in that. They asked, "What? What's your dream role?" And I'm like, "Man, I don't know." So I was still, <laughs> so, I was still so fresh to it, and then I went home. And I was browsing through um, you know, iMovies, and there was this film where Ewan McGregor played Jesus. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. ooh, that would be an interesting role to play, just because <laughs> such an iconic figure. Yeah. And then the next day on backstage, it's, it's like, role well, for Jesus. I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just submit for that. And then you, yeah. you put in the app, you submit for that. And then I got called in, and then I booked that role. And it was one of those things where i like, oh, man, that was – guess that was meant to be
0: yeah just speaking it out just you know yeah i do that all the time i'm very big on visualization and 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 you know manifesting and um just speaking things out i love the idea of like vision boards where you you know i've seen people put up like the logos of the networks and the 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 little um graphics from the shows they want to work on and agency
1: names and and you know pictures of new york or la or wherever i um i do that too at yeah. my very first vision board i had blind spot on there for some reason blind spot was the show yeah <laughs> and, and yeah, perfect happened.
0: segue Yep. <laughs> uh, it's funny because when you said the name of the short film you said blind faith i was like oh yeah. we're gonna oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh so dennis and i uh worked on an episode of blind spot um was this late october yes i, I believe late october yes um for the sh- one of the show's final episodes, we shot the yeah. series finale a couple weeks later. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually airing on July 9th, so a yeah. week from today. Today's... Well, we're recording on the second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, we love when cars rev like that outside. Goodness. Gracious. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's all the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what was your experience like working on the show? Um, were
1: you uh, just, so i'll just let you explain mm-hmm. um your role uh and yeah so we i can't give away too much about the episode it's right. it, it was really cool because it was my first network tv gig mm-hmm. and by that point i think i already had like 14 imdb credits like short films or like yeah. indie films and so it wasn't like it's the it wasn't like i showed up and I was on set and then everything was new everything felt home mm-hmm. but this was a bigger and grander scale and auditioning wise i got on a bunch of auditions and like when i first started out like most people i sucked i was terrible <laughs> man i was so bad i couldn't do an american accent for the life of me and you just keep building and building and building and then at one point i got the right agent that fit and it started working out and then um, Suzanne Ryan the casting director. She oh. brought me in for that role and I play a soldier. And it's one of those cool, it like, quote unquote, cool, like, action scenes where so there mm-hmm. are guns involved and, like, you're, you're pointing and, and shooting and stuff. Um, so I, had to, uh, I brought that into the audition. Like, I pulled a gun and you're pointing at people. I didn't bring a gun to the audition. Never bring right. a gun to an audition. <laughs> Pretend. Yeah. <laughs> um, And it was what's interesting was Suzanne thanked me for committing to the role. I'm like, oh, sure, and I realised like doesn't everybody do that because you have to Mm. live part of that world. So um, yeah, we went on the shoot, and um, we just shot. I think it was two scenes, and we were there all day. That was a long shoot. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and it was it was absolutely brilliant. Like it was action packed. There was squibs. Squibs are like little exploding. Um, like um, like blood pallets and stuff. It's like it's it was such a cool scene.
0: Yeah, um, it was that was my first stunt scene. Yeah, um, and for sure, I felt that was a big imposter syndrome day. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like that one especially because I mean I had done three or, or two episodes of the show already, mm-hmm. like basically like one a year. They would just mm-hmm. randomly bring me back as a lab tech. Yeah, um, and then. I was there a week prior doing my scenes in the lab. yeah, And that was just, you know, it's always just like some technical jargon talking with one of the principals or, you know, delivering information as, as co-stars usually are. Mm -hmm. Um, But then that day they're just like, yeah, you're going to, you know, come in (laughs) as a big stunt scene. And I'm like, Oh, this is, what? <laughs> oh yeah, dude, and uh, it was so, so. I'm like, I this isn't me. I work in the lab. Why am I
1: in here? <laughs> You're an FBI agent. God damn it! <laughs> right? Oh well, I guess my Quantico training paid off. <laughs> dude, yeah, it was it was amazing, and um, it's funny. Um, I made friends with uh, Jose Rodriguez, who was my stunt double, and like we will still go out and we'll drink coffee. Yeah, and uh, dude, he had a stunt. Did you see where he took that fool? Like there's this like over a yeah, he he over tackled. The table yeah. and just like slams his yeah. head. You're like, oh my god, is he yeah. is he alive? And he was fine. He was okay. <laughs> but yeah. that was awesome. And the attention to detail. Yeah. Where we start out the scene before shootout, and then the second scene is post shootout, where you have like some screens and there are bullet holes, and you see like the graphics yeah. of the broken. Yeah. TV screen, I'm like, oh my God, they put so much work and effort and love into these shows that you mm. take for granted when you watch it on TV yeah it was I was eye opening yeah
0: whenever I work um, as a stand-in on mm-hmm. some shows whenever i ha- I work at a gym, usually it's my day job
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but whenever I have a day off, I'll try and book a stand-in gig just to be on set again and, and you know be a, a tiny cog in the machine yeah um, and it's just like you know seeing all of the detail that goes into to one episode. I was on a podcast recently called Um Just Go With It.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, it's very new, just like mine. And um these they're like these two college kids just interviewing folks that they meet on Reddit, mm-hmm. which I'm very <laughs> active on, and yeah, you know, and um they don't know much about the industry, so they're just like asking all these questions, they're always curious of so like, man, how do you memorize all those lines? And I'm like, Well, a one hour show takes like five to seven to eight days to to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're only memorizing a couple pages at a time. Mm-hmm. You're not, they're not, you know, multiple page monologues. You might have one line in a two page scene.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And it's just, it. people don't realize that it, how much effort it goes into it. It's not like a play where you just do it once through and all right, let's move on. Yeah. It's, you know, we got to go all these angles and get the crane and movies lights and the, the, the background actors and, and, you know, yeah, very there's... specific
1: stuff. It's crazy. There are so many moving parts. It's yeah. it's it's stunning to watch. <laughs>
0: yeah. And with that particular scene, there were like a
1: dozen stunt people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, that was very, very big. And it was a high tension scene. Like yeah. everybody everybody watch episode nine. Like it's, yeah. it's a cool like yeah. it's you won't know what's yeah. going
0: on because Blind Spot's one of those shows that you can't miss an episode. It's yep. not a procedural <laughs> Um, but just tune in. It's it's really, really cool. And it's some, got some great stuff. And you'll see both Dennis and I. Yeah. <laughs> and dude, like, everyone
1: on the cast was lovely. Yeah. Um, like, everyone. Sully, uh, Sully, Audrey, yeah. Ashley. Uh, Ennis was hilarious. Ennis is my favorite human being. That's <laughs> <Dude, back laughs> so day, funny. Listening, Aaron, Aaron and Ennis would go back and forth. Dude. Just like ribbing each other. It was like... I'm like, well, I should be paying money to see this because it was so entertaining. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, Sully was an absolute sweetheart. He really took care of me. So he, like, he really helped me with like, mm. crafted out like some of the punches and uh, just like a really good dude. Yeah. Like very grounded. Everyone was. Yeah.
0: I remember my first day when they were um, you know, putting, putting my mic on, he came over um, and was like, hey, are you playing Agent Woods? He you know shook my hand. and was like, welcome. Welcome to the team. Yeah. Uh, you know, really great guy, because, you know, you hear some stories of, of other actors not being the friendliest or, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of r- rule of thumb, like, don't be nosy, don't butt into their conversations, but they're all such a funny, uh, friendly group of people that that little yeah. hallway where we're, we were all of our chairs were, were, I was just like this, I was just... Busting a gut, laughing—it was so funny. Yeah, and it's um, such a dark and serious show.
1: It is. It really is. Um, You're like,
0: man, these guys got to get this out of their system. That's why they're joking constantly because they, right? they going to get right
1: back into it. <laughs> the, the director was great too, Chris. And I think, yeah, before that, he'd done mostly stunt coordination. Yeah. Um. So, like, become like the stunt guy, and I think from what we. If I remember this correctly, he told me this. He was doing a lot of like the second year stunt stuff, so they gave him a couple of episodes of direct. Mm-hmm. It was awesome as well. It's, it was so cool just to see everybody yeah. work and build this thing that becomes a TV show. Yeah. Very humble. This
0: this massive world. And you know, it it was a well-oiled machine at that point because yeah. it was five seasons in. Mm-hmm. The series finale is episode one hundred. So mm-hmm. Yay syndication. Yeah. Syndication. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah so chris um chris place directed that episode um he is usually the stunt coordinator on the show um emmy nominated stunt coordinator for blind spot they've gotten nominated for several seasons um so yeah he's an emmy nominee for wow. stunt coordinating and he's usually ennis's stunt double as well
1: really i didn't know yeah that. they
0: put the big fake beard on him and <laughs> the hair <laughs> uh yeah but um yeah, great, great crew, and I, I can't wait to uh, to see our episode and to to finish the season. I've been catching up, yeah, on on Hulu. Yeah, I'm
1: on <laughs> I'm on episode three of this season because I I couldn't wait. If I if I watch it week by week, I think I have too much anxiety, so I need to like <laughs> binge watch this season all in one go. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so we have that episode coming up. Uh, do you have any other projects uh, coming up? Um. I mean, right now with COVID, like, there are barely any auditions, yeah. so um, I shot a short film uh, with a guy called Tom Ryan who directed it. He's, like, kind of killing it on the indie circle right now. is this mm-hmm. thing called Theatre of Terror where he shoots these, uh, like, low-budget horror films, and I grew up watching low-budget horror films, mm-hmm. like, that was my jam in Switzerland We. I go to the local blockbuster, like the Swiss version of blockbuster. Uh, yeah, I remember those. And buy like, just, they'd have like four for three specials. So you rent three yeah. films and you get four. And I just binge watch them over the weekend. And um, growing up, we also, I, we didn't have a lot of English TV channels in Switzerland. We had one and they had the old classic Twilight Zone episodes. Mm. So the short film that we shot was shot in black and white. And it pays homage to those old Twilight Zone episodes. And I got to shoot it with a guy called Anthony Grosso, who was also my acting teacher. Yeah. For about I and he's he's awesome. It was great to shoot with him. And that was a lot of fun. And other than that, it's just, um I started doing a vlog with my girlfriend when this whole thing started and it kind of evolved into this like web series. i when... watched it. You guys are
0: hilarious. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Thank when you me. first
0: started putting them on Instagram, I was like, what, Cause you know you see so many people creating um, their own content right now. Yeah. Um, whether it's out of boredom or just to stay creative or you know just to, for whatever reason, it's just really cool seeing that. Um, but yeah, how did that
1: um your 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 now a web series uh, come about? It just it started as a vlog and in the very first vlog we made this little skit where we we talk about yeah and we went to the kitchen and then we have to cook because there was no takeout or delivery and we found this thing in the corner. It's basically us discovering the stove. Like, wait, <laughs> wait, what's oh there's fire. Whoa, there's fire. And then we had the the the, the the the, the music from uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey, like yeah. Rick Flair sang come up. And we realized, wait. Well, let's just script another episode. So it went on. It went from us like just talking about COVID to becoming this reality height, and us talking to the camera. Cut in with like scenes, and the first one, she like she has a crush on like, spoiler alert, like um, uh, on uh, Cuomo. Like the the fun thing is, like they keep they keep growing. Like, I'm really enjoying the editing process. Mm. So we're like, okay, let's do a quick cut here. And then we'll shoot (laughs) here. And uh, I've been working. I I started editing on iMovie and I'm like, no, I want want more. So I downloaded um, uh, final Cut. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then you download transition packages. And then you realize there's this whole aspect of Mm storytelling that goes into editing that you can do so much. And I bring that in into my own acting craft. Like, what Mm -hmm. can I do? How can I help an editor tell a story? So. You learn so much by just writing and doing and having storylines and going from A to B.
0: If you're like me and you listen to a lot of podcasts, you'd probably love listening to audiobooks. I'm thrilled to be partnering with Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks and spoken word entertainment. Titles range from popular fiction to literature and biographies to health, wellness, and everything in between. For a free 30-day trial, visit audibletrial.com actors for a free audiobook. Once you become a member, you get one credit each month for an audiobook of your choice and two free exclusive Audible originals. To all my actors listening, I highly recommend you check out the book, The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide, written and narrated by Jenna Fisher, best known for playing Pam on The Office. Jenna gives an in-depth look on her career, from fresh-faced Hollywood newcomer to struggling actor, to the star of a network television show. She also has a ton of industry information that would help any and every actor, new or already in the deep end, and how to navigate this crazy industry. For a free 30-day trial, head to audibletrial.com slash actors. That's audibletrial.com slash actors.
1: Do, do you try to do something like, let's see if you're going for a co-star, would you go in and deliver the line differently on every take? Would you give them the same one for every, for every, for every take um, that you do?
0: I would do what my instinct says the first yeah. time and how I rehearse it. And then if they ask to see it again,
1: yeah,
0: um, then I will change it up. And then, yeah,
1: not for the audition. Let's say you book the role and then you go in and then like, you take it from like different positions. And let's say it's just like, a, like a smaller role or fine lines. You go in and say, Andre, i was going to do the same thing, push the four store. Would you yeah. give them more variety?
0: Um, I will usually give them a little more variety. If yeah. the person I'm acting opposite is doing the same. Yeah. I will sense. try and match what they're doing. Um, that happened in a, a lot when I was working with Ennis and Ashley in the lab, mm-hmm. because Ennis is so funny and Ashley is so funny, and Ennis improvs his reactions and his his um, little exclamations, and you know every take is just uh, is slightly different. So I would yeah. sort of try and play with it each time, um, ever so slightly, even if it was just like one little inflection, or if I knew that it was a close up, I could be a little more expressive with with certain things because you know for the master shot you can be a little bit more physical mm-hmm. um, physically more expressive um, and once they sort of go in for your close-up or the yeah. over the shoulder it's that's I also learned on that show so many te- technical things that they don't teach you like anywhere is mm-hmm. um, keep track of where your co-stars are standing so that mm-hmm. you can match your eyeline in later shots even if you're not actively looking at them Mm-hmm. Because there's a camera guy right over their shoulder, and it'll look like you're looking directly into the camera. Yeah, so especially, many things. It's so cool, especially
1: a show like Spot because they have like they have multiple cameras. Did yeah. I right? So it yeah, like, got usually three. Yeah, so that was like okay. This is where I need to look. Make sure you don't look at any cameras. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's this technique and this skill that you kind of learn on the job. They yeah. don't teach that in most classes. Yeah, there's a
0: lot they don't teach in in, yeah. in theater school or acting school. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that you know now that you wish you learned at the start of your career?
1: Well, you know what it is? It's like I was so stubborn. I was in a bad place at the start of my career. No matter what it would be, if I could go back in time and tell myself, I'd probably be defensive and wouldn't listen. (laughs) So (laughs) I feel... I feel everything I've learned, it had to grow organic. Like every time you stumble and you get up and you learn something new. So I think, the, long story short, I'm probably no. Because um, mm. you, you're destined to go this road and you try to be the best person you can be. And you try to grow every day and focus on that.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. It's, it's very much like a, um, a snowball effect. Yeah, you know, The longer you go, the more you, you grow. Exactly. I did not mean to rhyme, but I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was impressive.
0: <laughs> um, and is there, are there any, so I like to ask this almost every mm-hmm. episode because I get a completely different answer from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but are there any misconceptions that you see other actors have about the industry or that consumers may have?
1: Hmm, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Um, like coming from the outside, what's different now? I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Like, it's amazing how much you can cheat. You know, like, there's this mm. thing with... Um, th- they want realism, and um, it's all fake. It's all acting. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Even when you see sometimes an actor, I need to feel it. I need to feel it. And, like, I need to embody that role. Like, yeah. sometimes you can just cheat because mm-hmm. it's all kind of cheating, right? That's the thing. It's um. I've, there are some TV shows that they have a lot of rewrites. And then the next day, like the morning off, they'll get rewrites. And then they use cue cards mm. on, on the TV show because the actors don't have enough time to learn yeah. to, to, or to, or the lines or prompters, right? Yeah. And that's fine. That's okay. Marlon Brando won an Oscar reading cue cards of Robert Duval's chest. Yeah, And we forget that we forget that and then I, i'll see some act and say oh no that's cheating um RD robert downey jr did an interview where he said for i think sherlock holmes and for the avengers he used an earpiece and they would feed him the line for sherlock holmes it's because he doesn't lose the accent um because sometimes he would be off book as much as he can but then they'd rewrite everything and yeah, would say oh, fuck it this is stupid so yeah it's uh it's a lot of smoke, smoke and mirrors, and we try to be true to the art form, but at the yeah. same time, we can let a lot of it go. As long as it looks real
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: believable and it's honest, I think if you try to attain those things, I think you'll be fine, and the rest just throws away. Yeah,
0: and there was um, on the acting um, subreddit, just that just like R slash acting. Um, there's a lot of young actors that will post questions and 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 myself and some other folks who have some experience will will share our insight. Um and there's a question that comes up a lot about like standing out. How do yeah. I stand out at the auditions? And it's like, well, what's the role? Are you playing a waitress? You're not no. gonna there's no way to stand out. Like they're not gonna they're gonna think you're solely like a theater actor who's big and over the top and not saying all theater actors are over the top um i'm very much a theater actor uh (laughs) but you know it's like it depends entirely on the role and very few Mm. roles call for a standout performance especially in television unless you're the series regular but even then you have to be a likable character one that they will want to watch every week um one that people will want to follow for years over the seasons um And it's just very interesting to me that so many young actors think that like real acting is being as far from yourself as (laughs) possible. It's like, sure. But if you're only going to book those roles, if you're only going to go for those roles,
1: you're going to starve. I think it's twofold. What happens there is people watch like quick clips on YouTube and they'll see Pacino being amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And that stands out. Or they'll see Gary Oldman saying everyone. Yeah. Those (laughs) are stuck in people's brains. But as you said, true acting is being true to oneself. Yeah. And the best acting I, advice I've had, I got last year, the one that I remember that defined me the most is, um, I had an acting coach at the Barrow Group uh, called Eric Paper, and he mm. said, dare to be boring. Ooh. Mm. Right? And I'm like, I read oh, that recently
0: as well, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things. And you, you're still interesting. But instead of putting that hat on a hat, I can't remember who said that. Maybe it was Larry Moss. But you know, we put hats on hat. We try to be interesting. Like, dare to be boring. Be honest, and truthful, and push the story forward.
0: Yeah.
1: And one of the worst acting, like sometimes you'll go to a, a casting director classes, and some of them say, um, make interesting choices. I think, without a follow up on that, that's the worst advice you can give someone because mm-hmm. then people go out and they'll make the wrong choices, you know, yeah. weird choices. So, I think yeah. it's, it's a, it's a little, it's
0: very much sort of a disadvantage for someone to say that um, before you even perform your scene. Yeah. If they say that as their redirect and they just say, let's do that again and, and uh, make an interesting choice. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, well you did it already. And they just want to see something else. Yeah. But saying uh, making that sort of general note, make interesting choices, make bold choices well like, again yeah. if you 're playing the
1: waitress, yeah.
0: <laughs> or like, the traffic cop, these aren 't interesting people you 're not playing exactly. an interesting or bold person
1: exactly you 're there to push the story forward yeah. and that 's one thing I think that we 're all obsessed with character and who am I and, and what's layers mine, and complexity what's and... want yeah none of it helps if you 're not helping the story right. so I try to put the story first and then the character second. Yeah, if absolutely. That makes sense, you know?
0: No, it does. It really does. Especially in the world of, of network TV and procedurals and, and, even non-procedurals, like just dramas. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know the, the way that roles are, are sort of um, tiered in, in television, it's the co-star and they're usually meant to either interrupt or deliver information and move the story along in some way. Um, It could be the little old lady at the top of law and order who finds a dead body, you know,
1: love um, that little old lady. She's the best.
0: (laughs) She always has her dog and the dog is, finds a foot sticking out of a garbage bag or something. And then she calls the cops and then you never see her again, but she got her check, you know? (laughs) And then there's the guest stars that move. that the, that episode is about them usually. Um, on a show like Launderer it's like they're the victim that week or they're the criminal they're in several scenes, they're being interrogated, they're on the stand in court they're in prison, you know they're the sort of the the focal point for that one episode um, and because co-stars are just lots of information in moving the story along and it's not about you, it's just get in and get out <laughs> um, those types of auditions can be a little bit harder for actors to to sort of drop almost everything they've learned about you know backstory and and um layers and making bold choices it's like yeah. well if your one line is sir you have a call on line one there's only so many ways you can say that
1: you yeah know? exactly
0: or if you're the waitress saying pepsi or coke you know <laughs> <laughs> or if it's just coffee if that's yeah. your one line it's like you know it's there's only so much you can do and um yeah i think for for any actors just I would recommend watching an episode of Law and & Order and write down every character that has dialogue and you'll end up seeing like 40 characters. A lot of them have one scene. Yeah. End up working for a couple hours in the day and that's it. And it's not their breakout moment. There's no room.
1: There's no time for acting with those roles. No, you just, it's fun. I have this exercise where I'll watch um, network TV mm-hmm. and then I'll see like the, go- the, the ghost star or the guest star and they'll do the line and then I'll pause it And then I'll repeat their line just to keep the speed of TV and see how they deliver it. Uh, And that was really interesting to see because you realize, oh, man, on TV, they speak really fast. (laughs) In real life, no. (laughs) Yeah, unless you're like a news anchor, but even then. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, So we are unfortunately coming toward the end of our time. Mm -hmm. uh, But I just want to do a quick rapid fire round.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: So we'll just get started with that. Um so theater or screen acting? Oh god. Oh. Theatre.
1: Theater. I'd love to do more. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, no, there's no, I, I miss there's theater both. so much. Acting's enough. acting. Acting's acting. Both people can't, <laughs> can't answer that one. It's both brilliant.
0: Uh what about TV or film? Do you have a preference?
1: T V now. It's there's more interesting stuff going on. Mm.
0: Um, uh yeah. hero or villain?
1: If, Anti hero. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm.
0: Plot twist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, drama or comedy? Comedy. What's the worst survival job that you had?
1: Mm, okay. Um, having no survival job, that's the worst. Uh, that's terrible. Um, but selling insurance was not for me either. Selling life insurance, <laughs> that was. I got a lot of life lessons through it about buoyancy, mm. about being persistent. And um, if anybody, if you meet a stranger, here's a trick. If you meet a stranger and you don't want to talk to them, just tell them you sell life insurance. I guarantee you they will run <laughs> and they'll leave you alone. <laughs> like, oh, nice time with you. Yeah, like, uh, bye. <laughs> uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? Uh, I was in a play last year and I got to play seven different characters. Mm. And it was Winterfest at the Hudson Gill Theatre. And uh, that was immensely challenging and fun because the script didn't have the characters with different accents. So I gave them all different accents and mm. dialects. And um, it's, it required an uh, attention to focus that I hadn't experienced before. Because I wasn't, I'm not, I didn't train, train in theater. I take a lot of acting class. I grow in my class, but I didn't go to theater school. So to be surrounded by theater actors... And then have something as challenging to figuring out, okay, who are all these different people mm. doing that was brilliant. A lot of fun. I love doing shows like that,
0: where even yeah. if it's just two characters, but it's I've, I've done a few musicals where I'm playing, a, I'm playing an actor who's playing a character. Oh, God, so that's so meta. <laughs> it's like there's a show within a show. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite accent to do? And can we hear it?
1: Okay. Let's see. Well, I grew up in Switzerland, and a lot of people who are from Switzerland on TV don't really speak like a real Swiss German. So it's kind (laughs) of like the southerners of Europe, even though it's not in the south, but it's slower and there's the draw. But I also like doing the German. That's fun as well. Like you come from Berlin, and like we go to the cool techno parties. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Uh, love it.
0: Uh, what is a book recommendation you would have for a
1: new actor? Oh, um, Seth Barris' book. What's it called? An Actor's Companion, I think. Um, I think that's the name of it. Seth Barris, he runs the Barrow Group. His book, every chapter is about one page. So right. the, the challenge I have with some acting books is like every chapter goes on for 30 pages and they go on and on about examples or they mm-hmm. talk about it as they know. And here it's just like a lot of practical tools. How to be natural and realistic. Gotcha. Cool. Uh,
0: well, who is it by again?
1: Uh, Seth Barrish. Seth, Seth Barrish. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, as a director, um, or if you had the chance to direct, uh, which actor would you want
1: to direct, and in a what genre? Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I direct Kevin Bacon and John Hamm in a movie called Ham and Bacon. <laughs> In about about two butchers who get abducted by aliens and then they become vegans. And then we'd have a spin off with Halle Berry and Cherry Jones called <laughs> Cherry Berry. <laughs> I feel like this has been thought out. Somebody asked me that question once and I was like, I didn't know how to answer. So yeah, that's. <laughs> wow, that is amazing.
0: Um, I'm so we're happy gonna, I got to say we're that. Trademark real quick. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I, they like that, that movie. We're, we've
1: got this on. Yeah. We, we're, right. We we're have getting we some have royalties. Broke. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be the next Marvel Universe. Just punny oh, yeah. with names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what TV show do you want to join the cast of?
1: Huh. I like American Horror Story because every season's different. Mm. Right. And every, like Sarah Paulson. Oh, my God. She's so brilliant. Mm. Like everyone on that show. And every season you get to play a different character, which I think is amazing and beautiful and challenging. Is all the reason I do what I do. Mm. Yeah. And in
0: seasons like Apocalypse, you're playing like six characters that you've yes! played over
1: the past decade. You can just see everybody having fun yeah. on that show.
0: It's, Seriously. It's amazing. It's, I, I, I love that show. I, yeah. I couldn't get through last season, 1984. But It just wasn't for me. I haven't but, watched
1: it yet. I haven't watched it yet. But it's it starts I, good. I like it's... I like
0: the cheesy horror film, so maybe I'll give it a shot. <laughs> that's kind of what it is. It's yeah. campy and it knows it, and that's what it's going for. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why it wasn't for me. Um, uh, what's the role that got away? Oh man,
1: um, I don't know. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. I think you 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 end up being cost you you book what you're supposed to book Mm. so i don't know there hasn't one if if it got away somebody else was made to book it supposed to book it and they were probably right for the role so yeah i get that answer very frequently yeah
0: and i love that mindset is that like no everything happens for a reason yeah you can't think that way you can't think that
1: way you'll just you'll you'll end up pulling all your hair out and it's yeah it's it's unhealthy (laughs)
0: yeah uh, what existing movie franchise do you want to join the cast of?
1: Oh, fuck that, man. I want to be my own franchise. <laughs> we're, we're shooting for the stars anyway, right? Just go right. for your own franchise, I think. Whatever that.
0: The answer I get the most is Marvel. Marvel? Everyone's like, yeah, everyone's.
1: I mean, if they're a second, yeah, probably that. Like, yeah. Well, they're they, sort of they, like. They're... They don't have the rights to name more yet, but you never know. <laughs> mm, not yet. The Submariner. Yeah, uh, um, I, what Marvel has done is amazing. Like, get yeah. to to those twenty movies to build up to Infinity yeah. War, never been done before.
0: Yeah, it deserves every billion dollars.
1: <laughs> it, it does. It does. That it gets. Yeah.
0: Uh, theater or a musical theater dream role?
1: Um, theater, probably Hamlet, just to see if I could do it. Mm. Or Jackie in Motherfucker with the Hat.
0: I read that in college. I really liked it.
1: It's good. Yeah. And like, I didn't
0: get to see it when I was on Broadway. When,
1: okay, the thing like Jackie's, like, he's a guy from New York. So it's like, he, he sounds very different than I do in real life. So that'd yeah. be another challenge just to, to lay on. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so what is your dream project genre, director, mm-hmm. and your co-star?
1: Oh, I think. So uh, we're going to build
0: a project right
1: now. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, kind of like a fantasy film, mm-hmm. like fantasy sci-fi. Some like some hybrid mix. Something that doesn't exist yet. Mm. Right. Uh, what was that? Who was? And then director and what else? Yeah. So who's directing you and then who's your co star? Oh, director. Either QT, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Uh, QT, because yeah, I know, obviously. Uh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> maybe like a Star Trek spin off mixed with fantasy that only Tarantino could pull off. Or Taiko Waititi, because it looks like he's a lot of fun. Love Taiko. Yeah. Or Bryce Dallas Howard. She directed an mm-hmm. episode of The Mandalorian um mm-hmm. I, I was watching interviews and they do these round table and you get to go with her you get to see her insights as an amazing actor but also you get all the wisdom that she has attained and plus mm-hmm. ron howard's her dad's wisdom so yeah you get a lot of bang for your buck and yeah uh, what else co-star you said yeah so you, who's your co-star you, you obviously. oh man oh. we're going on an adventure <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um it's also, there was an interview with uh, Chris Evans, I think, mm-hmm. f- during the Captain America Civil War mm-hmm. um, press junket, and he had just directed and started in his first feature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone had asked, uh, one of the interviewers finally gave a good question. That's not like, what's your workout routine like? <laughs> um, you know, and you always see him <laughs> roll his eyes when they ask that. He's like, yeah. oh, God. yeah um, But they had asked, like, what's, what, is there anything now going back into the Marvel movies that you have? Picked up as a director, and are those linked? And what have you sort of transitioned in? And it's such a fascinating point of view. Um, you know, I directed a lot of theater in college and, and oh. after college, and um, I love to think like a director or a showrunner. Whenever I'm auditioning for something, it's like, how much can I set up? Even if it's just my audition tape, especially right now, what can I do to make this look like the world of the show? Yeah, with with just three lights in my backdrop you know i'm not making a short film with this but you know it's like what can i do for them to see that because sometimes when you walk into the audition room they're immediately like oh yeah i can see them on the show other times it's like nope because your outfit is wrong your whatever
1: is not wrong but doesn't fit do you prefer self-tapes or going into the room i prefer self-tapes me too it's a little bit more control it's like the anxiety is gone you know it's also you can cheat like you can really cheat. Mm. I, I put up, I put all my, I put the lines on the back wall, make sure the eye lines there, so I don't have to. Obviously, try to be as much off book as you can. Yeah. The nerves and the anxiety are gone. Yeah. Even having like a Zoom callback, you can have the script on the screen, yeah. and you can like <laughs> teleprompter it, and nobody notices, which is yeah. fine because you don't have enough time to be like off. Yeah. You know, the, we live lives. So yeah. for
0: anything larger <laughs> than a co it's like you know. 48 hours here, eight pages. You're like, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, you you don't have to be off book, but God forbid, if you look in that page and you lose eye contact for a second, right?
0: (laughs) And then there's the asshole that goes in that's completely memorized. You're like, come on, dude.
1: Yeah, that motherfucker was like, photographic (laughs) memory, like, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: And last question in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Um,
1: Create a solid work ethic. Great, right, nice all right. It's Five, don't. <laughs> And don't be an asshole. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. And that
0: tenth word, you guys can add in whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that's it for today's episode of Actors with Issues. A massive thank you to the lovely Dennis Wee. And don't forget to tune into Blindspot on Thursday, July 9th on NBC at nine PM to see both Dennis and I in the episode. You can also follow him on Instagram at Dennis Wee, that's D E N I S O O I, and follow us at Actors With Issues. Thank you once again to our sponsors, Anchor and Audible. And if you like today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and catch new episodes every Friday, everywhere that podcasts are available, and be so kind as to rate and leave a review wherever you are listening. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next time. This is Juaniala signing off.